Hi folks, and welcome to D&D Major. I am Gina, and I will be your DM today, and I am joined by... I'm Allison, I'm playing Farlina, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I'm Evan, I'll be playing Valen, the High Elf Rogue. I'm Gus, I'm playing Tybalt, a Human Druid. This is Victor, I'll be playing the Half Elf Cleric, Tamir. Fantastic. You all stare down the unnaturally dark tunnel before you, the fungus on either side emitting a deep, wet, earthy smell as you slowly begin to walk through the dark. Behind you, um, and in some cases leaning on you, are your companions, uh, the Regent Bass and Lady O'Preed, as they are confronted by the strange fungal forest for the very first time. You make your way slowly, step by step, trying to be as quiet as possible and not disturb the mushrooms on either side and keeping, obviously, all of your lights out for the time being. And the way is slow, but uneventful. You walk and you walk and not too long after that, you come to a mild roadblock in the form of a very large mushroom tree (laughs) planted stock in the middle of the the trail before you. It looms above you, um, scarred and sort of weary looking, but unthreatening. And after a moment of careful consideration, you squeeze around it, trying not to disturb the mushrooms on either side, and you are able to pass with no issues. Not long after that, you emerge on the far side of the tunnel, at the very, very top of the large amphitheater, and look down at the huge looming tree that sits at the heart of this domed enclosure in which you find yourselves. You descend the stairs and stare up at the tree. The large sort of barriered archway at its roots looming above you um, and the snake that wraps its way around the archway staring with lifeless eyes as you approach. What do you do? All right, so the sequence I wrote out is the first glyph the same as the first glyph we know to work. On the fabric that you took from the the mushroom tree? No, it is not. The the glyph on the far left of the the mushroom tree fabric Mm -hmm. is completely different. I guess the first thing I'd like to try then is the first character we know Mm -hmm. and the first of the uh, fabric glyphs. Okay, so you touch the character you know and then you touch the fabric glyph? You touch the character you know and it bursts to life um, and then you touch the fabric glyph and they both go down. Damn. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so this isn't exact this isn't the solution it's just we're missing more than one is what this means to me hmm. um, more than one piece you mean more than one from the fabric perhaps well should we search this whole area for something else another do we need you to can. Uh, find something else to get the fabric from the full fabric I pull out the spool as well mm-hmm. and say, this fit into the mouth of the snake before. I wonder if this has anything to do with... Is it the same type of yarn or string that makes up the mesh? So there is no string on the spool. That one's empty. Yeah. Um, currently, because it was 
you you freed it from the remains mm-hmm. of the creature that you you destroyed. I didn't actually get any of the the thread stuff. You didn't say you did. You like what you said is that you you took the spool out of it and sort of pulled it free. Oh, okay. I thought the there... spool's at the heart of the creature, and it was surrounded by all the the thread. Oh, I see. So there wasn't anything left on it, essentially. Not, not at the moment. If you wanted to go get some thread from there, you probably could. I just, I just wanted to know if it was the same. I mean, I could, you go, I could go back and You've and seen get both some. things. Do you does think it look, it's the same? Does it look the same? It looks like similar yeah. material. It looks about the same. Yes. Yeah, right. You want to fit it in? The, to the, the mouth? Sure. And I'll put the spool into the snake's mouth. Okay. I don't recall. We did a lot of experimenting. I think we got two char- up to two characters. Yeah, like you were able to, to figure out maybe a, a character in the next one. It just, yeah. it took a while. So um, yeah, you, you got two characters. Is the, the the one we know to be first in the sequence from the fabric? It is. Hmm. Should I start there? Is the second one the one after that one in the fabric? It is. Cool. <laughs> um, but we're still missing a chunk. Hmm. Chunk from the fabric? Yeah. Fabric? How, we don't, we don't the whole how large is the chunk uh, missing? Is it? We don't, uh, we we don't really know. Okay. It, it's not... It's probably not big. Because, again, you you saw how, especially you, Farlina, and you, Tibble, you saw how the damage was done to mm. the, the fabric. And it was just that it was burned, and not only did it catch where it split, but it did, like, burn a little bit on either side. But it didn't, like, it didn't go up in flames. Yeah. It didn't destroy a lot yeah. of it. Okay. Well, can I try the sequence from the first glyph, then see how far we get? Okay. You consulting the, the fabric and bringing the, the magic to life just absently over time? I'd actually like not to. Because I, I wrote them down. Oh, right. That makes more sense. I'd like sense. to not activate it okay. right next to the thing if I can. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> makes more sense. All right. So consulting your notes, you are able to tap the, the first glyph that you know. And you find it about seven characters into the sequence. And following, starting from that point, going to the end of the fabric, all of the glyphs do come to life as you tap them. That does seem to be the correct order. Are they in any sort of pattern on the snake? Um, No. They seem they to be seem fairly pretty random. random. Well, this is as far as the information goes. There are other characters on the other side, like the first few before the, the character that you started with. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd like to wrap around to, okay. the, to the blank space. Okay, the so after space. you reach the, the end, you do notice that there is one area that's a little hard to read. Um, you could either guess at it or make maybe make a intelligence roll. Sure. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, 17. Yeah. So holding up the, the in, in this case, you back away a little bit, activate the, the um, light to sort of consult the ends on each side of the, of the one dead glyph that's been mm-hmm. damaged. Uh, you're able to, able to see, like, generally its pattern. And as you walk along the snake, you do find one that yeah, seems to... Sort of this tornado one. Exactly. <laughs> and upon touching it, it comes to light. Ah. And you complete the row following from the beginning of okay. the, the cut fabric to the one you know. And as you do so, when you tap the final glyph, they all turn white and glow steadily. Okay, good. Different. <laughs> uh, Does anything happen with the spool? I was going to ask. 
Yeah. So the spool, wait, did you put the spool I in the I asked her to. I yeah. did. Okay. I already did that. Okay, yeah. cool. I did All that right. first. <laughs> um, then as you do that with the spool in the in the snake's mouth, the spool begins to spin in place. Ooh. Um, and after a moment, the snake's eyes light up. Uh-oh. And you can see actually that the fabric from the, the snake's tongue has caught on the spool and has begin to, uh, begun to wind and wind and wind. And as the snake's eyes light up, it moves. Yeah. It begins to make its way slowly off of the tree, and as it does so, the barrier that it has been creating flickers and dies in place. The snake swoops down to the, the ground in a shockingly fluid movement, considering it is made of what appears to be a solid piece of wood, and slithers towards you and stands in place. Its front and its head sort of elevated up off the ground, looking forward. At you, maybe, or maybe past you. It's a little difficult to tell. How high is it raised up? Um, It's raised probably about four feet off the ground okay. of its front, with the, the tail end of it lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Part of it's still almost part, like partially on the, the, the tree roots, but... Uh, it is just stood right in the center of the the archway, staring forward. Hello, guardian. No. <laughs> Doesn't seem to do anything. Is it still holding the spool with the with its mouth fabric on it? May we pass? Doesn't do anything. I don't know, guys. I think we should just uh, keep on moving. Well, that was really interesting. <laughs> don't look, don't look a gift snake in the mouth. But I want that back. No. <laughs> but it has uh, all that. Uh, the thread thread seems a little horrifying. Controls other creatures. You sure you want to take that with you? Yes. She wants to control other creatures. Hmm. <laughs> you don't know what I want. You know nothing about me. How can you make these assumptions? You're willing to put yourself in danger for something we don't need. How do you know we will not need that? We might need it further into this wherever we are going. I have been through many weird puzzles you keep saying this you never need the key for the next puzzle besides i have plenty of blood <laughs> I, I, don't I, think, have... I don't think blood has worked once this uh, <laughs> you're wrong and i have plenty of fire i turn to the snake may i have this please he's not very forthcoming is it back to stone like is it like like wood. locked in pla- no, or, mean, not, or not wood it's... or not stone but you know like it inanimate. seems to have become still. Its eyes are still lit up, but it's not like bobbing in place or anything like that. It's not doing like an idle animation. Yeah, um, it's it's like a it's an inanimate object now. It again. appears to be inanimate at the moment. Enough with the blood. It's creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Regent, sir, have you seen anything like this before? Animated, unanimated creatures. Um, I yes, actually, there is some research going on at the roost that's somewhat similar. Exactly, um, this could be really useful for them. It could be, but I don't know the cost. Yes, risks. Mm. However, I don't necessarily think that a key used once is useless past that point unless it breaks. So, I would call it the key. This is a puzzle solution. It also just produced something. This is probably where whoever was making these creature, animate, inanimate creature things was creating the uh, the thread that they were using. This was what was being used to make that. At least that seems pretty clear to me. 
I think a spider would be a little more thematically appropriate for producing thread, or maybe <laughs> the maybe a loom. The spool is a pretty tight fit, right? Yeah, and it, now it it's locked in. It locked and now, in. And now well, it's spooled up with fabric. That is true. So you were able to remove it before. It's sort of like, if you recall from the first time, the snake's fangs, you had to kind of pop it behind that and, and settle it in place. So it's a it's it may be a little tricky to move now that it has thread on it. I'm look, making a broad, expansive gesture. Look, <laughs> <so> <laughs> <I was listening. laughs> look, if this is a big deal to you, go for it. But I don't want to be around. If you all want to proceed ahead, I'll grab this and I'll follow after you. Fine by me. All right. Uh, Regent, sir, do you want to stay with me or do you want to walk with them? I would I- prefer to walk with them. All right. I will come last. Okay. Who wants to take Jonathan, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Okay. I can. Um, he leans heavily on his stick as Farlina, you sort of duck out from underneath him. Uh, and Tamir, you take his place. Velen, could I perhaps grab that stone from you momentarily? That's a good idea. So I'll <laughs> pass the stone. All right. So are the rest of you moving back away towards the amphitheater or forward into the, the archway? Uh, I say forward. Forward. I think forward. Okay. You all sort of cautiously begin moving around the wooden snake. And as you pass it, it does nothing. It stays exactly where it is, sort of stock in the middle of the archway. You step sort of around and in one case over its uh, long snake-like body. God damn it. That didn't go the way I wanted it muscle to. Tube. Muscle tube. Muscle <laughs> tube. Along over its muscle tube. And... Danger noodle. <laughs> the danger noodle. Uh, and make your way towards the sort of descending slope past the archway. And you pass through where the barrier once was, and there's nothing stopping you. Uh, you walk a little bit down the the slope, and how far do you want to go? Are you just, like, proceeding completely, or are um, you going to a certain place and waiting? What sort uh, of I plan? think maybe going a couple steps down, like, still kind what? of keeping the snake in sight. Well, now, okay. now that we're on it, how far does it descend? Does um, it seem? So now that you can actually see, and, and the barrier was difficult to look through to a certain extent, so now you can get a, a pretty good gauge of it. It descends probably about, it's like a, a normal staircase. Like, it, it's about a story okay. down, and then reaches what looks like, I mean, it's not a staircase, it's like a slope, but it reaches what looks like a flattened place, and then past there you can see a... a tunnel leading forward so at least down to the landing okay um mm-hmm. that's not going to be in sight yeah yeah no. uh tibble tibble will like wait up a little further up the slope okay uh, yeah i'll take a region at least at least yes yeah, the, yeah take, a, take, take a region down there. Yeah. maybe Absolutely. 30 feet from the thing um you descend down the the landing and looking on either side of you this is a exquisitely carved sort of tunnel leading down and, and you get a moment of kind of whiplash trying to figure out how this has come to be because it does seem to be made out of the roots of the tree, but it's solid and consistent once you get into this this tunnel. It's almost like it grew a like a house before it became um, a, a normal tree above it. And there are very, very detailed depictions of some sort of scene on either side it's it's f- like flowing and carved in this 
this very whimsical way, making it a little bit difficult just as you're walking down into sort of the darkness to get a, a grasp on what exactly is going on in it. But you see like what appear to be depictions of creatures and of maybe people and of some sort of swooping, almost weather looking thing. It could be clouds, it could be a storm, it could be something metaphorical, it's hard to tell. And you walk under this beautiful carving, kind of getting a, a cautious glance at all of it until you reach the landing below. Looking forward into the, the tunnel, you see it's not very long, it's, it's like maybe 13 to 15 feet, until beyond that you see it opens up into a large cavernous space. It's, it doesn't go very high, it only goes as high as the, the ground above it, but it, it seems to stretch out um, laterally pretty far. And it, you know, it's dark in here. Pitch yeah, in here. it's dark. I'll pull out the torch then. Okay, you do so. And you stand sort of at the, the, the tunnel uh, looking up towards the yeah. archway above. We'll be in that secondary flat area. Okay. I want to approach the snake head. I want to like check around it. First, I want to see if the, the tongue is still attached to the snake itself. Looking through, and it, it's a little hard because um, the with the thread wrapped around the spool, getting a, a good glance to the back is a bit of a challenge. Mm, okay. um, but after a moment, you see that, yes, it is. And you notice a notch or like a slit to the back of the, the snake's mouth that you hadn't really seen before. And the thread seems to be going deeper into the snake's body through that, that slit. Hmm. Okay. I want to reach up and see if I can gingerly kind of take it off of the little, take the spool off of the, the hooks, I guess, in the yeah. mouth that are holding it in place and see if I can like gently pull it up. And just as I'm doing that, does anything happen? You sort of reach into the, the snake's mouth, trying to, to find the clasps that have secured it in place. And you're able to pop the spool out as best you can. It's, it's, tight right now mm. um, with the, the thread, but sort of in its mouth, you unspool it slightly and you're able to, with the slack, move it beyond the teeth of the snake and out. It's still attached. Okay. Um, but Does anything happen? Not anything currently. around? Mm. Okay. Uh, I'll pull out my dagger. Okay. Um, I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull out my dagger and I will gently take it to the thread and not cut all the way, but see if I start putting it to it. Does anything happen? I'm trying to be really careful about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing happens if you put the dagger to the thread. Okay. I'm going to cut it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you cut it, and as you do so, the snake's eyes blaze bright white, and the glyphs along its back all light up at once. Running. I'm running. And as you walk around it, the snake collapses to the ground behind you. Okay. Did I run through? Yep. Okay. Cool. Spool in hand, thread around the, the spool behind you. The barrier doesn't seem to be back. Um, things thing don't seem to be chasing you or anything like that. Okay. And I got a spool. You have a spool. With thread on it. With red thread on it. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I run through, does everyone look like they're far enough are they far ahead? Can I see them or no? Yeah, you can We're see them. They're, they're not that far. They're not very far. Yeah, they wanted to stay within sight distance, so. Okay. Someone, someone's waiting by the top of the, the, the ramp. Oh, you're you're up near the top, like yep. where I come in? Mm-hmm. Okay. At the bottom. It's, it's oh, a ramp at the bottom. Yeah. It's a ramp Just down. To, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to quietly slip into my bag. Okay. 
you meet up with everyone else. You all okay. saw the snake collapse. Hey, up. did you get it? I did, and I pull it out of my bag. <laughs> yeah, like that wasn't gonna fly. <laughs> yes, nothing happened. It just cool. collapsed. Yeah, it's fine. So we we have we have thread this. we don't know how to use. We have it though. I tuck it back in my bag. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let's move on. <laughs> all right, uh, torch in hand, you walk through the short tunnel. And as you step into the room in front of you, when you first lay your your foot upon the ground within the space, the room comes to light. Panels along the large sort of circular walls uh, that span around this space all go from a very dim glow up into almost daylight. And actually, for the first time since you've come into the in-betweens, it feels like daylight in a strange way. It feels familiar, like you were out in the sun for the first time in, in quite a while. And it's incredibly comforting after being underground and in the, the strange eternal noon of, of the in-betweens. And you walk in and you examine the space. And before you is a very ornately decorated, but somehow surprisingly empty space. There's a lot of room here. It goes on and on the fairly low ceiling, feeling oddly oppressive in a room so large with no obvious supports in the center. It has this, like this brief spike of concern runs through you. It feels like it should collapse, like it shouldn't hold itself like this, but the space just goes and goes and goes. The panels on the walls are separated by what look like alternating wooden carvings and then mosaic, and then wooden carvings and mosaic, all splitting the space in this beautiful contrast of color and texture. And as you walk forward, you see in the center of this room, kind of far away, you'd have to walk towards it for a little while until you reach the center, a single pedestal, um, a slightly raised space. And set into the pedestal are two things. One is a chair, not a throne, not anything ornate, a simple chair. And in front of the chair is a stick stuck into the ground. From this distance, you can't tell anything more. Is it like a wooden chair? Looks yeah. like a wooden chair. Uh, Tibble's gonna go up and investigate and see how mm-hmm. the stick was. No, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Now the chair's slightly turned away from you, so mm-hmm. you can't see like any sort of detail on it. But you can see the the back, and it it looks fairly, especially when compared to the the elaborate, beautiful wooden carvings that you saw coming down here and the decorations on the walls. It seems simple. What are the like? What were the decorations like? The carvings and the mosaics like? Were they? Do you want to go investigate them? Can I go look at those? Sure. Yeah. So you walk over to one of the the lit panels, and as you get closer to the panel, you can see that it's fogged glass of some sort. But you can sort of peer beyond that, and it seems to be glowing from beyond that fogged glass. There's something behind there that's emitting light. And on one side of this panel, you see mosaic. And on the other side, you see wooden carving. And with the wooden carving, it's much like the wooden carvings from outside. There do seem to be figures, uh, animals especially, uh, that are that are carved into this one. This particular one seems to have a collection of, like, 
strange rodent-like creatures. Again, it's hard to tell from the, the design whether it's stylized or whether it's just creatures you've never seen before. And then on the mosaic side, the mosaic is stark. It's beautiful, but it's stark. It's smoky glass variants of like black and gray and almost like a, a pale purple pink. And then at the very center are two orbs and they are perfect spheres of glass, one green and one white. Are they glowing as well? They're not. They're just, okay. They just appear to be glass. Okay. Interesting. Are there others that depict the same thing? Are they similar things? The mosaics totally all seem to be similar. They all have the same green and white spheres, but the colors around them change. The wooden carvings, as you walk from one to the next, all depict different classifications of creature, is the best way to put mm -hmm. it, different families. One has birds, one has dragon ken. Yeah. How, how many approximately, or exactly, of these sets are there? It's hard to tell. Probably hundreds. Uh. Wow. Because they go on both sides, and this is a large space, mm. and they completely encircle the space. Is there anywhere you'd like to go, Jonathan? Anything you'd like to see? He shakes his head slowly from one side to the next, and then pauses, and then turns to, to Bass. <sighs> Remind me, because I'm afraid it's all hard to keep track of. You have... Family in Gauntler, correct? And she nods and she's staring at uh, the, the mosaics, kind of just consideringly, her head tilted slightly to the side. Am I right in thinking that there's a, a Gauntler myth of some sort about a green and white sphere? Or am I getting that confused with Eltfer? I, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's sometimes more difficult to keep track of than I'd like. And Bass walks up to the, the mosaic. She's like, G give me a minute. My, my, I, yes, sorry. In, in, in answer to your question, I, yes, I do have some family in Gauntler. They're, they're researchers. They, they do, they research history so they can make replicas and sell them for craft. <laughs> uh, give me a moment. And she just kind of stands near one of the, the mosaics, considering, and Jonathan nods and turns towards all of you. To the center of the room, I suppose. Okay. okay. That's bait, though. <laughs> it is, but what's the alternative? I don't know. This doesn't look like anything I've seen before, right? Has what it? doesn't look like anything you've seen before? Any of these, the mosaic description, or panels or anything... I don't know when I would have seen anything like that, though, so... Make a history check with disadvantage, mm. I guess. Yeah. Like... Eleven. Okay. Yeah. When when Jonathan says maybe it's a Viltfer myth, you think about that for a moment, but it doesn't seem to ring any bells. That's essentially what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, if, if, if he mentioned that but didn't know what he was talking about so okay i've seen the style of carving before also make a history check 26 jeez holy shit <laughs> wow. um plus eight 
No. It actually doesn't look familiar. Hmm. Um, and you've seen New. a large variety <laughs> of both, like, ruins and also just historical records, not only from Waxen, but from several countries. That being said, when you're glancing at the mosaics and taking what Jonathan said in mind, you do recall that there are different creation myths in Gauntler. Gauntler has not been your field of study, but you do know that they have a slightly different creation myth and that a, a green sun can be part of the iconography associated with it. Hmm. But what you also know is that all other countries that you know of have like a sun god and like there there's sort of a known way to approach anything having to do with the sun in Gwen or Waxen or all of these places, so Okay. Yep. To the center we go, I guess. Alright. You walk towards the center of the room. And there are, are sort of rings of stone around the center, all sort of circling in on this one focal point. And you walk towards it, your footsteps echoing in the in the sort of enclosed space. And you reach the center. And upon this raised uh, platform, you find the chair. And you find the staff set into the ground. And you notice a couple of things as you walk forwards. The first is that the chair is not empty. Hmm. Oh. Quite. Within it, set up against the high back and sort of crumbled in the ground before, uh, before it, is a very, very, very old body. A corpse that has been here for more time than you can count. It isn't quite skin and bones. It's it's strangely mummified where it sat, sort of collapsed into the back and staring forward, its jaw slightly askew. Also, its clothing seems to have almost like melted into its form where where it lay. You can see it draped to the ground and it's not falling apart like you'd expect, but it has almost been absorbed into the, the rotting, or not even rotting, the, the mummified flesh before. This is a jogger. <laughs> um, Skyrim. <laughs> it sits there staring forward at the staff before it. And before it is... A beautiful thing. (laughs) It is a gorgeous single piece of wood. It almost looks like a a sapling growing out of the ground here, although you can see that it is clearly set into the ground. It's smooth and unbroken all the way to the top before it branches out into a a series of, well, branches. Not carved, it looks like it, it... came to in, into existence like this and the branches all wrap around a central void mm. looks like something probably went here originally but it is a, an empty space between the clawed branches that wrap around the top around this beautiful piece of wood you can see very faint markings that spiral down and down and down into its very base it's simple and strangely striking because of it. You stare much like the the dead figure in the chair, and it takes you a moment to tear your eyes away from it. 
It draws your gaze. I probably don't tear my eyes away from it. Okay. <laughs> then you continue to stare. And it's enthralling. You, you want to know what it does. There's this strange burning sensation in your chest. This feels like delight, but slightly to the side. Do this I, thing does something. Do I still control myself? Do you? <laughs> well, can I try to do something? Sure. Uh, can I reach? I'm still, I'm still going to stare at it. But can I reach in my bag and pull up the piece of orange glass? Absolutely. And look through it mm. at the staff. You stare through um, at the staff. And nothing happens in the room. There's no change. Uh, you don't suddenly get clarity. But as you're staring through the glass around this staff, you can see something. Glints of light. Like wet, like dew on spider webs. Just around the side. I see him do this. Yeah, you can see him take out the glass and stare at it. Not hiding. <laughs> do you see anything? There's something uh, filling the room from here. From that thing? Filling is maybe the wrong word. Uh, hmm. Can I can I look away now? Mm-hmm. Or am I physically? Cool? You choose to look away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Very interesting. Do you want to see? Yes. And I'll look through the glass. You okay. cut as well. You look through. It's much the same. It's just... There There seems to be something um, like emitting from this area, or just something in the room. It's hard to tell. This doesn't offer clarity, necessarily. No. But, but you can see through the glass there's yeah. just something. Okay. The presence here. This is very unusual. I'm... Hmm. I shake my head a little bit and hand the glass back to to me. Is it uh, safe to touch? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Generally, in these sorts of places, that's something you leave alone. (laughs) I wonder who this was, looking at the person. Uh, Somebody who stared too long. Yeah, can I uh, look at the body and just try and see if, um, yeah, Tibble, we'll just try and do, like, a one over in the body and see if, uh, like, did it? Did they just sit there? Is there any, like, head trauma? Sure. Um, make an investigation check. <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> you walk up, and it's hard to tell. It's all so aged and fused together, and... You know, you can't really read the body. Mm-hmm. I say this is an obsession. Sat in the chair, was determined to figure it out. Forever. Or he was someone who created it? I don't know. If he knew what it did, I don't think he'd stare. His body looks really old, right? Looks like, really old. Extremely old. I'm gonna give you one more chance. Make an investigation check for the body. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Okay. If you're just looking at it. Yeah, I'm looking at the body. Maybe I should be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the person is very good at investigating. I'm okay at it. Uh, 14. Okay. Yeah, it's like, meh. Can I do something different? Can I make... I know you said it's very old. Can I make a guess at how old it is? Sure. Make an intelligence. 
Be medicine. Sure, make it medicine. <laughs> That's what I was aiming at. That's fine. Go for oh, it. I see what you mean. You're like yeah, gauging if it had been medicine. time of death. That's kind of what I was going for. 19. Okay. Oof. Really old. Um, to the point where it probably shouldn't, even mummified, especially out in the air like this, it probably should not still be here. You would be afraid if you touched it that it wouldn't mm. exist anymore. Is it wet in here? Like we're underground or is it very dry? It's very dry. Hmm. Especially with the, the... And it's starting to warm up a little bit, the heat of the, the fake sun in here. Mm. Pressing mm. in on all sides. Oh, right. It's, like, really bright in here, right? Yeah. I mean, Not really it's, bright, but it's, it's like, daylight. Yeah, it's like, it's like sun through clouds. Okay. Um, brighter than it's been. Um, what is on the opposite side of this chamber, besides the way we came in? Is there anything over there? You go and walk that way, and there's one place where there's a break in the panels... There's just like a, a stone wall as opposed to like one of these glowing panels. But beyond that. Just for symmetry. <laughs> what are Bass, Opreed, and the Regent doing? So Bass is over still by the mosaic. And actually, you're now pretty far from her. She stayed near the entrance um, just looking at it. Uh, you can go see what's up with her if you'd like. Lady Opreed is with you. She's staying a little ways back from the the center and the, the body and the staff and all of that. She's as far back of with your group as she can be. I don't know. Tamir, were you the only I, one I, that walked over there, probably? I had the region on me. Okay, well... <laughs> he might do it. You probably me. could have seen it from the center. He probably didn't okay, walk then I, So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're all gathered there. Um, Lady Ophrid the is, center, is yeah. like, maybe, like, two of the rings on the floor out from you all. Uh, but she's with you, and the region is with Tamir. Okay. Like, pull out the spool as well Mm -hmm. and, like, ask Tamir, Tamir, can I see that, uh, that abjuration glass that you have? What are you going to do? Oh, I just, I want to do exactly what you just did. Look through it. At this? At this. I'll pull it up and look at it. (laughs) Does it look any different? Like looking no. through the glass, <laughs> looking through the glass at the at school. The school. Is there, anything there, there is something in the room. Yeah. It's uh, this confusing is, the space. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Mm. Um, okay. Thank you. A little bit meta. The glass is not a solution to this, no, but it does reveal a little bit of what's going on. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I'm gonna walk back over to Bass. Okay. You hear her as you approach. She's she's muttering like not like whispering. She's like like you would if you were talking to yourself at home or something like that. Yeah. Not projecting, but just talking to herself a little bit, staring at the wall. She doesn't seem to be reading anything. And as you approach, she realized that what she's saying seems to rhyme. It's almost like like an old nursery rhyme. Um, although she keeps pausing and stopping and then like trying again. It seems like she's trying to work her way through a memory of some mm-hmm. sort. Do you approach her? Yeah. Um, as you come close, uh, she sort of senses you by, behind her, uh, and she turns and nods towards you and looks back at the the mosaic. So, does this mean anything to you? My, well, like I said, my, my family, I do have some family from Gauntler, and I remember my uncles singing some song sometimes when they'd come to visit. It was like a, it's a nursery rhyme. It's not... It, I don't know much, but I'm trying to remember what it what it said because it had something to do with 
and she she puts her hand on the the mosaic and touches the the white circle she says with fair thorn and Feywin, and touches the green circle the beginning of the world <laughs> is like do you say I'll, that <laughs> i'll call it over yeah okay <laughs> i mean that yes <laughs> that that is that is the the story so far as i can tell with, but with fair thorn and Feywin? Fairthorn and Feywin are, are the... So... So as best I know it, in the rest of the world, we know that there is a sun and there's a shadow. There's the sun god and it, it rules both the lights in the sky, but there's one that's real and there's one that's just sort of like a reflection of it. But that's not what Gauntler believes. That's that it's it's a little different. They think that and she gestures towards you, uh, Tamir. Um, they think that it's one light is the start of the universe and one light is the end of the universe. That on one side you have a light held by like a and she she sighs. I I think the white one's supposed to be Fair Thorn and the green one's supposed to be Feywin, but and she smiles to herself. This is what I'm working with. This is the the poem, and to be clear, the poem is very long, and <laughs> this is only the end of it. But the like, it it goes like, "Oh, Fay Fairthorn took torch in hand to light where this new road began. One torch would lead, one torch would stay, and Feywin turned and walked away. Therefore, one must have been the start, which sounds like Fairthorn, and one must have been the end, which sounds like Feywin." But the poem goes all sorts of places. It's it's like a long epic thing, and I don't remember how it rhymes. I remember it rhymed wild and smiled at some point. <laughs> it's hard, and this is not really my expertise. I can try to think on it. I got one for you, but... So, uh, it starts with, Ophe Fairthorn took torch in hand and... They wouldn't turn away, something like that. It's like it's it's so. What happened like, before that? It's like like Fairthorn took took the torch of light to start the universe. Feywin left and would return to end, essentially. I think it's less like a a start and an end, like like time. I think it's a start and an end, like like a place. Like one torch is at the start and one torch is like physically at the end. Hmm. Hmm. But also is Gauntler and I don't put much stake in it. <laughs> it's more just that everyone else seems to be on the same page. Well, that's not even true nowadays. <laughs> There's that new like sun cult. So I guess it's not all on the same page when it comes to what we believe in but like at least Gwyn and Waxen and even Kalthera seem to be somewhat on the same page so I don't I don't know exactly what's going on in Gauntler where's Vilfer fit in with their creation myth <laughs> like Vilfer rose from, from the sea yeah. <laughs> I feel like reverse Atlantis fucked up shit going that's on there. sort of what I was about to say I mean yeah. it depends on whether you you mean how Vilfer came to be <laughs> or how... by the nine hell <laughs> Or rather, like, how how they view the start of the world. 
if they even have a view of the start of the world or if it's Vilt for centric like so it's a little bit Vilt for centric although yeah it's a little bit Vilt for centric okay. and and it's going to sound a bit familiar in that they believe all the world is a bubble okay and it's protecting against something else and over time they've had to build more and more protection as the the outside creeps in mm-hmm. so they they think that it came to be with a pretty much whole formed like the world just one day was but that it's gotten smaller and smaller over time mm-hmm. and we've had to build more and more bubbles yep. to keep thing keep the separation from i guess collapsing in yep. yeah well i was gonna suggest as an option if we wanted to sleep it's a bit morbid but we could talk to our friend here tomorrow see what he knows that could be very interesting. You have the power to do this? Mm-hmm. Dead people know all kinds of things. Sure, he's, uh... Where to put the blood. Not, not too... Sure, he's not a little too gone? It requires him to have a mouth. And his is still attached. Mm-hmm. So well, I think I could. Right. Hmm. I well, vote. I vote that course of action requires us to sleep on our timetable, though. Now this place seems pretty. Well, I say that relatively secure, but we could sleep and keep watch. We could rotate. I mean the void. Our yes. global timetable. Hmm. Bess, how? We don't know how fast that is even moving. All I have is my eyes looking from a tree out of a bubble towards the darkness. And given what you have just said about uh, (laughs) the end of the world and... Well, and the beginning of the world. And the beginning. (laughs) Well. Do we want to try picking the staff up? I would highly recommend against it. Put some blood in it first. I think I would like to sleep first before. Yes, I I can't do very much if things go wrong. Okay. I feel like I I know that I would benefit from resting a bit. We'll get get some rest. It's true, uh... we will lose time, but there might be a lot of utility in what we can gain by by resting. I don't think we had too many other options. Agreed. Do you all feel like you need a rest? And I'm turning to... Yes. Uh, Jonathan says, just leaning against Tamir, I'd also... I've given my people as much as information as I can. I'm hoping they can at least... If we're very lucky... He sort of pauses for a moment. If, if we're very lucky, we are going to find out that we are close to some other section, traversable section of the in-betweens. And if that's the case, we should be able to have rescue come our way. You have contact with the surface. What is going on up there? What are they... Ex- what Not surface, other side. What are they experiencing? So, Have they described fair, anything to you? The people that I'm talking to quickly relocated to the roost after what happened. And those are the people that I'm talking with, not the the people at the castle. Unfortunately, I do not have contacts. And there's no indication that there's anything abnormal happening at the roost as well? Not at the roost, not at the moment. But I will say that before they left, 
there was a considerable collapse within the city around the central island. And as part of that, some of the surrounding water began pouring in. They've had to evacuate that whole section of the city. Hmm. Around it seems to be sturdy at the very least, but people are being told to move to nearby towns and cities for the time being. We're trying to get people out of there. I see. No dark voids on that side. No dark voids. But I'm only mentioning this now because I was concerned that the water would reach us eventually. I think the cave system beneath the city may be flooded. So we cannot come back out that way at all. We have to come out a completely other exit from the in-betweens. That's what we were doing anyway. That's what I... It seemed to be the case. That was our plan. Mm-hmm. But we we could end up anywhere. We, we, they don't know where we are currently. They do not. I was hoping... Oh, you weren't there when I explained this. Hmm. I was hoping that the runes that we saw in the entryway would help our in-betweens experts locate us. They're all unique and they... Well, I don't know what they mean. At the very least, they are consistent such that we can generally tell what region of the in-betweens certain runes come from. Mm, I see. Again, if we're lucky, we'll find that we're not as far away as we think. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all agreed then that we should take a rest here for the night. I'd feel much better. And then we can speak with this person here when we wake up. And then decide on how we will proceed. Or just proceed, because I, we're going to lose time and we're going to have to get well, back to moving. We'll have to make a, we'll have to make a choice to either pick up the staff, talk with the, talk with the body here. Well, we this, don't have too many more options. This staff thing could be the thing that is holding the roof above us right now, for all we know. Yeah, so let's uh, get, a little, get a little rest before we try and do anything. Before we yes. collapse the ceiling. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go sleep up by the surface. The, the snake is a little worrying, but seems safer than staying down here. You're going back up out of the ground? I thought you liked being underground. I do, but it's too bright in here. Mm. Yeah, because like, the room is like, really dry and hot. Yeah, it's yeah. dry and hot. Palpable. And <laughs> Draw. I'm going to stay in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not staying in here. You're going to go back up as well? Yes. Well, if everybody's going back up to hang out with the snake, I suppose I will go up there as well. All right. Are are you all going? Where are you planning on making camp at the base uh, of the amphitheater? Yeah, or? I was just going to be on like, in the, the first first seats in the amphitheater. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not super far. Mm-hmm. We'll take watch. Yeah. Okay. We'll take we'll take watch and uh, and take a long rest. Tibbles is going to um use his last level one spell slot, get some good berries going. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go dig around and uh, pull some mushrooms up and. Mm. You know, leave a pile of good berries uh, at camp. Leave the pile of mushrooms. Mushrooms, that's, that's I, what they are. Good mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Not tricky mushrooms. I, I, I too have one first level spell slot left. If anybody needs a... How about... Uh... No, he's constantly refusing me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you all make your way back to the surface. Um, as soon as you mention that you don't want to stay in this chamber below... Lady O'Pree just, like, takes off. <laughs> I mean, she, keep, she keeps kind of turning to look back at you all to make sure she's not getting too far ahead, but she she's she's out. 
And Bass sort of lingers for a moment, and once she joins you, you can sort of hear her muttering under her voice, and she's saying a different verse than what she said to you all, so it seems like she's still working to try to, to remember what she knows. And you make your way back up to the large sort of base of the amphitheater. The snake lies on the ground still, and you step over it and around it, and... You exist sort of in this, it's it, it's still sort of bright out here. There's this perpetual, almost midday, almost noon to midday light mm-hmm. in this area. So that may be trouble if you're trying to get some sleep, but otherwise you choose to camp here for the night. All right. Is there anything that you all want to do as part of that other than prepare good berries and, or good mushrooms <laughs> and all of that? Um... Is it possible for like, does the region just conk out? Does he just go to sleep? He actually sort of sits off to the side, and after a while, he hears something from his his communication device, and he talks to, into it briefly. Can't believe he has a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I also you called it a rock a couple of times. It's not a rock. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, and uh, and after a moment, looks frustrated and puts it away, and just sort of leans back. And in doses, like he did when he was against the, the shack. I would like to take some minutes. Uh, the um, bottom layer of the amphitheater is like smooth stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take out some chalk. I will draw an octogram <laughs> on there. And I will sit down for 11 minutes. I will resummon my familiar. Okay. From a tarantula to... A little snake boy. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little, little sidewinder sort of snake. Geo the snake. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> In preparation for tomorrow. Okay. Does does Lady Opreed like go to sleep pretty soon? She actually does. I'm keeping an eye on her. Yeah, she she sets off. Uh, she's like probably on like the fourth level of the amphitheater up and she's just sort of sitting off to the side. She keeps glancing behind her towards the uh, the direction of the, the menagerie since that on the flip side was the direction that the, the goop dog came from um, yeah. and attacked her. She's, she's on edge. She's, I'm going to call it keeping watch, maybe not in a productive way, but she is watching the area around you pretty okay. attentively. I want to go over to... Jonathan and like sit down with him like really quietly mm-hmm. and just quietly address him like any any news from other side they didn't recognize the runes and he keeps his eyes closed he's just leaned back but he he's talking sort of quietly in your direction they didn't recognize them hmm. which either means we're so far away from anything we know that were inaccessible, or, and it also, I'm going to say and, or, we don't know very much about the in-betweens, it turns out. This feels like possibly an end. It's not the first time, and it's, he opens his eyes and sort of looks towards you for a moment. It's not the first time I've seen that wall of shadow. You've seen that before? I don't know if it's the same one, I don't know how it works, but... There's one near, there's an access to the in-betweens near the roost. And one of the pathways between it and another major city passes by a bit of this void. We threw rocks at it. I don't know what's on the other side.
Have you thrown anything other than rocks into it? I personally haven't. <laughs> I can't speak for others. Does it move like this? Or not as hungrily? I've not seen that before. Which to me may mean that something's changed or that this is just not the same thing. It looks the same. But it doesn't seem to be acting quite the same. Ferlina, and he says this quietly. Bass talked about timers. Of the group, you and I are the only ones that aren't on a timer. And we need to be resigned to that. Now I will do everything I can and I am doing it to get us out of here. For a variety of reasons, not least of which being that if Lady Opreed dies under my watch, we're going to have a problem, but... That is the other reason why I wanted to speak with you. Where do things sit with her? There's somebody that works at the Roost that has an uncanny ability to reverse the effects of... Do they call it corruption in Veltfer? Essentially. It does not affect a lot of people there. It's... A lot of people look like me. I've always found it a rude term. Probably inaccurate. But... There is a way to reverse it, I suppose. I've not seen anybody else do what that man can do, but I suppose it's possible if we're able to get out in time. Otherwise... Do I know who he's, who he's referring to? I'll um, make a history check. Recent history, but history. <laughs> make a friend check. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd know. Eight. Nah. Nah. You kind of like, you you quickly scan through your memories of the roost, and you're like, eh, I mean, there's the, the Druid Research Lab, but also... I was in dance class. Yeah, and also, <laughs> the roost was super lame when you were there. Yeah. It was a tent city. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, you know, you're just like, I don't know who that is, but okay. Yes, I'm very much aware of this. I think I'd reverse the question to you. What do you think her chances are? <laughs> People end up outside the bubble and veiled for what are their chances? They... You can survive outside of the bubble, certainly. But it is not easy, and it is not advised. In Veldfer, it is, it is different because you not only have the effects of the in-betweens outside of the barriers, but you have everything that comes with it. Mm -hmm. You have, you have the dead rising from the ground. You have creatures that are unlike anything else. So. We have been encountering these things, though, so it is not unfamiliar to me. It is hard to say. We have such a large group that is also possibly working against us as well. If it were just two people moving through, it could move at a faster pace. I don't know. It... I don't like being in bubbles, though. As, as counterintuitive as that sounds. I was going to say that I wouldn't expect that. I'd expect it to make you feel safe, but I don't it, know what I'm talking about. I, it is... To me, it is stifling. But I also have the luxury of not worrying as much about the effects of the other side. Well, 
I don't know if that answers your question or if that brings you any sort of comfort. I think we can get through this, but we have to keep moving. But <laughs> we also have to get our sleep. What I'll say is this. And at that, he turns away from you and projects his voice loud enough to where it fills the, the sort of base of the amphitheater. I want to say thank you for all of you that explored this space while I was unable to. Obviously, you made progress. I don't know what this is going to look like, and I don't know what is down there in that room. But you did what I could not, and I appreciate it. And he kind of darts his eyes from each member of the group. I'm showing Lady Opreed how to hold the dagger so she doesn't stab herself. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you do it like this, you won't get your thumb when... <laughs> <laughs> and she passes it from one hand to the, the other, just kind of Maybe absolutely. just the dominant one. <laughs> um, and, and she looks up, as this is said, and her, her face doesn't change. She just sort of looks around at each of you. And after Jonathan makes his announcement, he closes his eyes again and leans back against the, the stoop. And quietly under his voice back to you, Farlina, just says, I suppose we'll have to see what tomorrow brings. Indeed. I'll leave him. Okay. Is there anything else you all want to do before you turn in? I'm going to check on his foot. Okay. I'm keeping a medical watch on him since he won't take any healing. Okay. <laughs> um, as you go over and mention this, he sort of grimaces and... Uh, I like that's the last thing he wants to deal with. Like, this fucking foot. Like, <laughs> there's so Guess much Guess what? Else you can't ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Doc. <laughs> um... And and slowly, methodically, he removes sort of the, the, the dressing that's on it and the boot that surrounds it. Yeah, time, yeah, exactly. And you see, again, considering that he hasn't taken healing, it is healing rather well, at the very least, and far faster than you'd expect. There doesn't seem to be any sort of infection from where it, it crushed and the bone came out. <laughs> it, it also seems... It, it seems stable in a way that it probably shouldn't like the bones have grown back correctly despite the the hmm. position but also it is horribly bruised and and like swollen and strange in a in a way that is off-putting so it's it's healing hmm. and and the the gashes seem to have healed up pretty well but it also doesn't it still doesn't look great no really good this looks really good <laughs> how you how you how you feeling about it lucky all things considered i have um one last piece of willow bark <laughs> do you want it now or do you want it tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow Good considering call. i may have to run on <laughs> Good this <call>. again <laughs> all right we'll see what we can do and he, he grimaces and then looks down at the, the now unsplinted foot and is like, I don't know what to do with that. If you're not going to move, maybe leave it open for tonight. And, and he nods and sort of takes off the wrapping he has over his, his sort of simple clothes and balls it up and leans back against it. All right, watch. Yes, take watch. Okay, who wants Sorry. to watch first? Sets of two, two paths. Do we have enough people for that? Can we do that? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Four of us. Lady Opreed, Bass. Yeah. Three sure. Set, three sets of two. Three sets of two. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take watch first. Whoever wants to join me. 
I will. Okay. All right. Uh, for Lena and Valen, you both decide to take the first watch as everyone sort of settles in. Some of you, like, drape who are sleeping, drape cloths over your, your face to block out the, the light. But it's been a pretty exhausting <laughs> chunk of time. I so. imagine it's like sleeping at the airport. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. where... You just pull the, the hoodie strings. Yeah. <laughs> the light's still on. Yeah. Like, I don't have one of those little eye masks. Yeah. Because yeah. like, right until that moment, you thought they were dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I get it. I understand. But yeah, um, you, everybody settles in, and Val and you and uh, Farlina begin to take watch. And you do so for the entire duration of your watch. Seems uneventful for that. Mm. Don't have to roll. Nothing happened. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, good next... night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't mind getting up in the middle, so I, I can get up. Maybe I'll wake Bass. Okay. Bass did fall asleep at one point, but she seems to have woken up sometime during the night. And she, she nods over at you and she's like, all right. Yep. Which one do you want? Dealer's choice. I'll take the mushrooms because right. something's come from that i'm not gonna see it coming anyway <laughs> <laughs> looks fair, fair enough this time i am going yeah. to uh, roll by what? yourself a perception check 25 holy wow. shit uneventful <laughs> nothing comes uh your your way during that are you sitting with bass or are you sitting are you we're probably separate if we're the... doing two different paths we'll probably sit separate that's what i figured and so after a certain bit you see bass sort of walking along the the edge of the upper part of the amphitheater nods at you and gestures back down to the the base and you all are able to turn in and i guess Tibble, hey, that's yep. you and lady opreed yep <laughs> uh you wake up Pretty lady opreed and she she sort of jerks up with a start she shanks you um and sort of <laughs> well, she does glance around briefly for her try and dodge the uh the knife coming at me right um, in the kidney for for her knife which she did not leave near her body <laughs> um and then realizes that it's you and nods and then furs her brow it's like are we just watching that's what that... is it that we're looking for uh any anything if uh, if you see something moving, just uh, let us know. And I mean, I mean, grab me first before you wake everybody up. But that's it. If I'm at the top of the stairs and one of those creatures comes at me, do I yell for you? Do I fight it? Yell, yeah, yell, yell first. Okay. And then uh, come and come and grab us. Then we'll 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 come and help. It's all right. You you uh you did good with that uh that wolf today. I believe in you. It's sort of, she sort of looks over towards the dagger, kind of popped. It didn't really fight. It was very scary, but it just, it just stopped. It hit my knife and then it just was gone. Well, hell yeah, maybe you have a talent you didn't know about. <laughs> that doesn't seem terribly likely, but thank you. Um, of course, okay. of course. All right, let's, let's do yell, this. Yell if you see anything. <sighs> and she um, picks up her knife, and which one do you want to take? Uh, mushroom path. Okay. She goes over to the, the side. With the... <laughs> she didn't have dark vision, I guess. Yeah, I got to do my so. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, right. Oh. Wait, maybe she does. Is she elf? No, elf? She, she's a human. Yeah, yeah we're both humans. <laughs> Unless... So she goes over to the... Do I, do I still have... Sp- oh, no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Roll a perception check. Uh, 19. Okay. It's later into your watch... When you hear 
a rustling noise, not in front of you, but coming from the direction of the, the menagerie. Mm -hmm. And you glance in that direction and uh, Lady Opreed has her hand up mm -hmm. and it just sort of points in the, the direction of the sort of the bird path. Okay. And there's rustling and there's rustling. You're kind of far away, but you can still hear it. It's like the, the trees shaking. And you look up and you notice for the first time in a while the blazing eyes of the creature you met outside mm -hmm. peering at you from one of the, the the canopies outside of the bubble. Just staring. <sighs> tilts its head. And then vanishes back into the tree line. Is it in the bubble? No, it's outside the bubble. The, so the, the rustling was coming from somewhere else? Mm -hmm. I am going to go tap um, person closest to me. Okay. Whoever, whoever that would be. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say... <laughs> uh, Farlina. I'll go sure. with Farlina. I know Farlina has some ranged, has some ranged power, so, uh, yeah. Alright, you I go know. down and you, uh, wake up Farlina. Yeah, um, and also in waving and sort of acknowledging to, uh, mm -hmm. Lady Opreed. So, yeah. <sighs> what time is it? <laughs> it's early, but, uh, there's, there's some, there's some movement somewhere on the, from the, from where the birds came from. In the trees? Okay. Um, and then... Gonna go up and uh, wave, stand by Lady Opreed. Okay. Lady Opreed is staring, and you can see the path of the menagerie from this side has mm -hmm. that very, very dense growth that, mm -hmm. that makes it pretty hard to pass through mm -hmm. before it goes to the elevated pathway that mm -hmm. looks out over the enclosure that had the birds in it. And looking up, you can see visually from here, rustling as it looks like something might be pressing through. Mm. Opreed is backed up against the edge of the top of the amphitheater, just looking in that direction. And as she hears you coming up the stairs, she just sort of glances back and glances forward. Mm -hmm. But she's staying put. She's she's yeah. holding does, there. Does the rustling look like it's being caused by like any drippy coming through? It seems like it's rustling from below, not above. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to do? Uh, you want me to throw, wait, throw some fire at it? At uh, the at the trees here? At the forest? Uh, hold, hold up there. I mean, it's uh, it might solve the problem, but create a couple more. Um, all tumbling down. How about we just raise the whole place and then there'll be no more obstacles in the way? I mean, uh, let's, I let's hold off on that for a couple <laughs> minutes. But Lady Opreda, wait here. If, uh, if anything gets closer... Do do you want to go investigate and and leave her here? Is that no? That that seems like a bad idea. Going off by myself <laughs> late at night. Let's wait here, see if it gets any closer, and prepare to uh, raise the alarm. And as you say that, um, <laughs> having made its way through the the trees behind it, you see the front of a dripping, faceless mm. thing press through the trees. They kind of cut through its chest. And through the back, like it's a gelatinous creature of some sort. And through presses, two of the the canine-looking creatures that you fought on the bridge. I throw, I like, and then I throw up two produce flames in my hands. What do you want me to do? I can take these out. Um, do I have spell do, slots, or what's, we... the, what's the deal? Because I did sleep two shifts. Do we need to wake everyone up? I yeah, think actually, sleep one more shift technically to get the the full night's rest. Yeah, he I... he didn't. This is last watch, so he should have finished. Yeah, already. like I would be waking oh, I guess up after this. I guess yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Did you break my long rest? Yeah, but you can you can get it back. You just are gonna have to take a nap after this. You okay. don't have the slots yet. 
Yeah. Okay. So I have this lot. Produce flame is cantrip stuff. You should have yeah. me up. I know. <laughs> well, go for the person <laughs> with the fire ability. Wait. True. I nah. didn't have to sleep, right? Oh, right. Yeah, oh, you're, he's done, you're done in four hours. Ah, yeah, I'm still awake. <laughs> he's just still sleeping, though. Yeah. Like, sleeping. Uh, looking, <laughs> looking up at the dome. You oh, know what? So I feel cool. like Valen would enjoy sleeping. Like, that's such a noble thing. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, like, it's, yeah. it's excellent. I don't have to, it's but like, it's a luxury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in. So Valen's right. <laughs> um, out cold, how, how despite can, the fact How can you have brunch if you don't sleep? A really late. Um, if I do have spell slots, though, I actually have a uh, okay, new spell I'll, I would I'll like to sure try I'll say sure you have out. spell slots. Um, yeah, so I'm going to cast Grasping Vine. Um, okay. And how far away are they? Probably about 15, 10 to 15 feet Pretty away close. from you. Oh, yeah, so it's going to be cast at the range 30 feet behind them. Okay. Yeah, so um, you conjure a vine that sprouts from the ground in an unoccupied space of your choice you can see within range. When you cast a spell, you can direct the vine to lash out at a creature within 30 feet that you can see. The creature must uh, succeed on a deck saving throw if you pull 20 feet directly toward the vine. You can't see it, though. Uh, where, you I can't guess, see past yeah. the foliage. Yeah, you oh, can't the see foliage. where it's cast because okay. there's... I mean, you've been there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, actually, er, in that case, in that case, um, <laughs> I'll say to Farlina, um, wait, wait until, wait until I go, and then I'm going to cast Fairy Fire on them. Okay. Uh, you do so, and they have to make deck saves, yep. right? And that one, um, <laughs> and that's not twenty. So <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. it's this. It's this die. I <laughs> swear to God. Jail. Yeah. So one of them just ignites and is covered, and, and the the glittering magical dust kind of settles into the goop mm-hmm. and just gets Ugh. trapped there. So it's just permanently glowing. Mm-hmm. The other one just is slightly out of the way. It's still pulling through the trees, and you cast in front of it, so you miss that one. Okay. The one that's lit up, I'm going to hurl one of my produce flames at it. Okay. And make, make a ranged attack roll. At advantage. At advantage. Thank God. Uh, 19. That hits. Cool. Roll some damage. Awesome. Uh, 12 points of fire damage. Okay. So the fire sort of eats into it, hitting squarely where it is already glowing, and it's almost like the the fairy fire itself ignites at its front. Again, it doesn't really react to this. It is currently on fire, but it's just sort of standing there, and it's taking very slow steps forward in your direction without doing all that much. Hmm. So, it that hit it. Okay. Did some damage. Tybalt is going to turn to Lady Opri. Give me the dagger. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't look like it was, like, resisting the fire, was it? No, it's on fire. Okay, just to make sure. It's just still moving. Yeah, it's just still moving. It's just not reacting in any normal way. Okay, cool. Yeah, and Tybalt is going to go run and stab that, uh, stab the thing. Okay, you run up to it and make an attack. Which one are you attacking? The Uh, the one that's on fairy fire, so. The one that's on fire, fairy fire? Okay. What's your passive perception? Uh, With advantage, luckily, so that is, uh, 15? 15 hits, yeah. Oh, 15 damage? Or uh, 15, 15, 15 to hit. And then yeah, that hits. It's, what is it? Um, 1d4 yeah. plus dex. 1d4 plus uh, You're 2. You're proficient with daggers, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's 3 damage. <laughs> okay. Why? Because yeah. <laughs> it, it, it popped earlier. Jonathan was also there. Tibble <laughs> uh, has a low opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> he is discounting him and he assumes it is a magic dagger. <laughs> it's from me. 
<laughs> Let him stab. He stabbed. Oh, right. Right. It is. Oh, my God. I totally forgot it was to me. I thought, I thought we'd found it in the... Uh, oh, it's mine. Oh, no. I have that knife. Yeah. yeah, yeah unfortunately, the rogue has that. The, ro- the rogue has the nice knife. Uh, anyway. Okay. So you stab with it. The rogue is still because asleep. Because I think it's totally reasonable that Tybalt... Yeah. Oh, no. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and Incredible. It hits. It does damage. Okay. You cut into it, and it sort of sinks into its strangely soft flesh and then tears out. And as you do so, the, the dark ichor sort of clings to the dagger, and you can mm-hmm. feel it sort of dripping down onto your hand. Ew. I pass it as 17. Yeah, you heard... I'm going to say that you sort of got roused a little bit when they uh, when Tybalt came down to wake up Farlina. And now that there's, like, shouts and flashes from up above, <laughs> yeah, you, you sort of glance up and see that ah. yeah um, i'll try to make my way there okay uh i'm going to cast scorching ray at third level okay um Ooh. so that produces Ooh. four rays Jeez. and that's that that's gonna be four attacks i'm gonna send two at the one that's already on fire and two at the other one that's not on fire go for it okay so for the currently flaming one Uh, 23 to hit for the first one. Hits. 25 for the second one, so those both hit. And then for the regular one, not fairy fired. Okay. Uh, 23 again. And uh, 9. That That one one. misses, but the rest hit. Okay. Uh, 11 for the first, uh, bolt. 13 for the second bolt. Okay. On that one All dog. All right. So you shoot the first <laughs> bolt, which hits the, the fairy-fired dog and just pierces through it. You can see its whole body begin collapsing in on itself. And the second one just hits the already dissolving ichor and ignites it. So Perfect. It's just on fire. Uh, it is dead and on fire. Awesome. Yes. Uh, for the third one, uh, 14. Okay. That one blasts into its side and it sort of turns as almost its whole shoulder area is blown back and away, but the other one keeps walking forward, completely blind or ignoring uh, the fact that its companion um, has fallen. It is just moving forward. Okay. Mm. And it sort of turns slightly and looks like it's it's heading towards the stairs of the amphitheater. Okay. Uh, Does someone else want to do something? Am I, am I up? Um, you're awake. You see up above that a, a series of blasts have sort of ignited space at the top of the the amphitheater and so you get to your feet and what do you do uh can i see to the top of the amphitheater from here uh you can see to the top you probably can't see like the flat of what's going on up there but you can see the top of the stairs and you can see moving towards the top of the stairs the top of this figure i can see the thing yep all right i will how far away is that I got a 60 foot spell I want to do. <laughs> See, I was about to say 60 feet. So <laughs> cool. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I will summon a spectral bell then and toll the dead. Okay. <clears throat> so, wisdom save from that guy. Can do. That's a natural 20. Damn it. Oh. It's, it's, these dice are amazing. This is why I don't roll dice usually. Yeah. <laughs> because we know what it's going to be. It's, it's always yeah, a 1 or 20. 20. <laughs> then nothing. Okay. I'll, I'll move up the steps. <laughs> this noise echoes through the the space but the creature is unmoved does it rouse valen from his very restful sleep (laughs) valen make a perception roll (laughs) turns over stuffs his robe into his ears 
That's a 20. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You it. hear it. You can choose whether you acknowledge it, but you, you hear something going on, and it rouses you from your, your incredibly deep elf sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to, like, notice that I'm the only one of the, like, my friends who's still here and then kind of be worried about that. So, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna dash up the stairs. Okay. Both Bass and Jonathan also notice it. Okay. <laughs> um, notice what's going on. Although Jonathan just kind of lean, leans back and cranes his head trying to see what's going on. And he's just gonna observe from where he is, because what, what else he's gonna do? All right, Tybalt is gonna take the knife with all the ichor on it and... In a, in a fit of disgust, throw it to the ground, grab his staff, and then try and hit, hit the... As he's casting, as he's, like, hitting it, cast Shalele, and then try and hit the dog. Okay. So that is do it. A plain old, plain old attack. Go for it. That is a 21. That hits. Hell Woo! yeah. Shalele connects <laughs> with something. Oh, so God. rare. Guess how much damage, though? Four. Four? <laughs> with the clang of the dagger hitting the stone um and and um clay above you whip out your staff and swing it as hard as you can and just sort of hit the top of it you can almost blow off in in a fine mist some of the uh the goop at the top of this creature but <laughs> and it begins walking down the steps well it's gonna meet me so yep i'm gonna hurl my other produce flame at it okay uh, 20. Hits. Cool. Uh, 10 fire damage. Wasn't enough, was it? He's <laughs> got one health left. Damn it! <laughs> I will toll the dead for finality. Okay, go for it. <laughs> oh, that's a wisdom save. Yep. <laughs> nope. That one. That's a two! Yeah! <laughs> it's way overkill. It's 19. Three with a plus one. Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> and the vibrations just splatter it across the stairs. <laughs> And it's like it starts to just ooze down the the stairs into the amphitheater, and they're dead. Ugh. Oh, okay. I would really like to go back to sleep now, and finish resting. Thank you for calling me. Anytime. Good night uh, or good day. <laughs> then we'll go up, pick up the dagger, and then hand it to uh, Lady O'Brien. <laughs> okay, she sees that it's covered in goop and kind of hesitates for a little bit. He you puts it on the ground in front of her. <laughs> you, might, you really might want to wipe that off. Please wipe it off as I walk away. <laughs> she looks down at the clothes she's borrowing from you, Farlina, and is like, okay, I guess, and starts wiping it off. <laughs> no, no. You have to be specific. No! The real game of D&D. God damn it. destroy <laughs> your companion stuff. My really nice clothes. Well. <laughs> and it's like white too. I'm sorry. I know. Um, but she does. She, she wipes it off. Um, and she does now have a splotch of dark ichor on the, the side of her, her outfit. But uh, she tucks the dagger away. All right. I would like to also finish my rest. Okay. You all return to the bait. Yes, Farlina? You are <laughs> making a face. Well, I just made a weird face. Would would prestidigitation get that shit off? You can try. Can I try that real quick? Sure. I want to try and prestidigitate the goop out of the clothes. Okay. You do so, and you can see the, the dark stain lift and fade, but there's active discoloration where it was. Okay. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. 
and now I go to rest. Okay. <laughs> now your watch is ended. <laughs> now my watch is ended. It ended hours ago. <laughs> you returned to sleep, Val, and you got to the base of the stairs. You see everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for waking me, you guys. <laughs> um, it's fine. Some dogs. You can go back to sleep. And as you settle in, Bass, who had also turned towards the stairs and, and sits back down, sees that everyone's kind of awake. And says kind of quietly, not projecting to the, the area. I remembered more of it if you want to hear. Or I can tell you tomorrow. It doesn't really, or later today, I guess. doesn't really matter, but I did remember more of it. Tavolta peeks over the amphitheater. Tell us now. Go ahead. It's not, it's not all of it, because it's long. And even if I remembered it, I, I'm not going to read an epic poem here right now but but the part from where i i said before seems like it it could be relevant maybe it's well starting with what i i said before oh fay fair thorn took torch in hand to light where this new road began one torch would lead one torch would stay and faywin turned and walked away lit by the sun on either side old crafts to loom were once more tried to catch the broken, caught and frayed, to make what could not be remade. But songs sing loud, still in the day, thread in the sun begins to fray, and to the silent, to the dead, a warning spoke, a last rite read. When fair fay wind burns thorny skies, when old white nights meet greed green lies, then once walked paths through darkness wind, and the end must start, and the start must end. Mega downer. <laughs> it's a bummer fairy tale. It does not bode well for what we have seen so far. It doesn't. And it could be nothing. I'll, I'll say, I don't remember it, but even that end, it's a callback to something that happened earlier. Has this happened before, do you think? I'm saying in a poem. I don't oh. know. <laughs> I'm just saying in the poem, that, that final line, it's repeated. I don't know. But I thought I'd share. Thank you. That's... I... I struggle to say that was helpful, but it was... Yeah. Well, it puts us in the middle of the story. I think it does. Well, middle, end, possibly? I don't know. <sighs> Are y'all supposed to be sleeping? I think so. I wish I could. Yeah. She leans back. Thank you. It's the best I can do. It's something. And with that, you all settle in for a few final hours of rest before you confront what you found deep below the enclosure. And we'll tackle that next time. Thank you for listening to In Betweens, episode 12. In Betweens was written by Gina Smith. Starring Gina Smith, Allison Mann, Gus Ireland, Evan Falco, and Victor Mann. The music was composed, orchestrated, and recorded by Jacob Ryan Smith. 
D&D Major was created by Gina Smith, Jacob Ryan Smith, and Allison Mann. If you're interested in supporting the creators and future productions, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gaming. Or to see our Let's Plays and other projects, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Short One Gaming.